Hello and welcome to the Geek-Centric Podcast, and welcome to our spoiler-free review for Marvel Studios' Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. You can't outrun who you really are. Welcome, my name is Kev, and today we'll be giving you our first reaction to Marvel Studios' Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which hits theaters September 3rd and will apparently be in theaters for 45 days before hitting streaming services, which is kind of new for Disney. But first, if you're joining us for the first time, this is our spoiler-free preview show where we share our first reaction with you and discuss our thoughts and opinions to see if this movie lived up to the hype for us. Allow me to introduce you to my fellow co-hosts. Taking their place by my side, he takes care of his camera lenses with some wax-on, wax-off action. <laughs> it's Justin. <laughs> it is It is pretty true. I, I like to keep a clean lens. You, you, you take as good a care of all of your stuff, always have phones, computers, everything, as anybody I've ever Irony seen. Irony is, though, my glasses are always dirty. The amount of time that I have people telling me, hey, your glasses are yeah, dirty. Yeah, because you're I'm a like, fidgeter with your glasses. You're yeah, always exactly. moving. I'm, I'm always, yeah, I'm geeky. And he's soft and cuddly as a kung fu panda. It's Nate. <laughs> yes, let's yes, go. Man. I get compared to kung fu panda all the time. Especially when I'm eating. But he, adorable, though, from the adorable yes. oh, side. There's a lot of adorability to go around, but I don't know if that's a word. But I, uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely, I'll be the Kung Fu Panda yeah. of the MCU. Plus, you Are you kidding ja- me? You got that Jack Black vibe in real Let's life. Let's go. <laughs> definitely, not, definitely not jacked black, but Jeff, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but gentlemen, how's your chi today? Is that vital life force just flowing through you? <laughs> oh. Yes, it is. It is. I'm out of it, actually. Yeah, I'm kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's been a busy day. It's been a busy day. It's been day. a lot today. Yeah, we yeah, did a yeah. lot. Uh, that's That always seems to be the case with us, especially these days. We're, we're busier than ever, and, and that's yeah. certainly making it fun, right? It's a good yeah. thing, though. Yes, yeah. but uh, as for today, uh, we will be discussing Marvel Studios' Shang-Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings. Uh, this past week, we were lucky enough to attend a screening of the film here in Toronto, And then we got to sit in on the global press conference with various members of the cast and crew. Huge thanks to Disney for setting this up for us. We could not be happier to be a part of this. And we definitely learned a lot about what went into the making of the film, particularly from the director and from Kevin Feige. Much of our discussion will be centered around the film and what we learned in this press conference. This film was directed by Destin Daniel Cretton, who also wrote the film, along with Dave Callahan and Andrew Lanham. Now the fun part. The movie stars Simu Liu, Aquafina, Tony Leng, Meng Er Zhang, who makes her big screen debut, screen legend Michelle Yeoh, Fala Chen, Benedict Wan, Florian Montenot, Ronnie Cheng, and the incomparable Sir Ben Kingsley. Oh, that was tough. But with that out of the way, let's start our discussion like we always do with what our hype levels were going into the movie. Who wants to lead us off? Yeah, I'll I'll jump in. Uh, You know, I think going into the theater, Justin, I kind of mentioned to you that I really didn't have too many expectations going in. Uh, I was stoked for what I heard of the incredible action sequences. Uh, and I also watched the the red carpet uh, event the night before. I don't know if you guys caught the the red carpet. Um, so you know, they they kept bringing up over and over again how the character's relationship with his family was such a huge area of focus for the movie. So that's kind of where I focused a lot of my thoughts going into the movie as far as my hype level. And I I knew it was going to be a Marvel Phase Four movie, but I wasn't so much interested in the whole phase four aspect about it as I was just learning about this character. Um, I think it's kind of like Iron Man back in the day, right? I don't think the majority of the world is that familiar with Shang-Chi. So 
Um, yeah, I was excited, but like my hype level was kind of. I think with I think I had the right expectations going in with about a an eight out of ten uh, on the hype scale. Nice, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Justin, what about yourself? <sighs> Man, going into this movie, the the hype was up there. This this is a new character being introduced to the already existing MCU, so there is an existing expectation that we as fans are going to put. But really, this is more the official kickoff for Phase Four. I know we had Black Widow, but Black Widow feels more Phase Two, Three, or you know, it <laughs> two just, and a half. Yeah, yeah, two and a half. Like it just yeah. it's 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 different. So you know, this feels like it's it is a introduction to something new. So there there was expectations. However, I I I tamed those expectations <laughs> based on my complete dislike for Doctor Strange, knowing that this is going to be a movie that is going to rely heavily on exposition for explanation, uh, which mm-hmm. Doctor Strange did not handle too well, I set my expectations a little bit lower um, in anticipation of something that might feel rushed in terms of just explaining things. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I was at a 7.5 out of 10. On, on the high okay, scale. Okay, so, so up there, in. but not quite. I was up uh, there, but like, but I, I, you know, I consider myself a huge Marvel fan, and, you know, I wasn't necessarily at that high, high tier of like a nine or a 10. You know, I brought my expectations down just a bit uh, in anticipation. So, yeah. I even think in this huge rollout that Marvel's doing over the next five months, this one probably wasn't at the top of that list for me in terms of what I was, you know, what I was or am really looking forward to seeing over the next five months or so. But that being said, I was pretty excited for this one, if only because it was the first Marvel movie we got to see on the big screen, uh, you know, in, in almost two years. And especially because we didn't end up seeing Black Widow. And even if we had, that still doesn't feel like a phase four film to me, right? Like like you said, Just, this is that phase four movie. And Nate, I, I'm totally on your page in that I was really excited to see if they could once again bring this obscure comic character from the pages and make him a household name, you know, they've done it so many times and, and it just feels like they're always finding new ways to do it. And so I was excited to see sort of a new and unique spin on the origin story that we typically get. Plus that trailer was amazing. It made that the action and everything that you talked about, Nate, just look unique and fresh and like a lot of fun so i was definitely going into this one at about an 8.2 i was i was ready to rock uh now that said i'm just gonna burst my bubble right there a little bit and just just in that i kind of just found this movie a bit imbalanced um i liked certain character i liked certain character dynamics but not others i found certain themes were addressed really well but others weren't some of the action scenes were fun and fast-paced and unique to the mcu while others were bloated, generic, and even felt forced. What I liked, I really liked, but what I didn't, I really didn't, you know. Um, But that said, I know you guys liked a lot of the things that sort of bugged me a little bit. And so why don't we talk about that and get right into some of the things that worked for us. Nate. Yeah, for for sure. Yeah, no, I... It, the movie had such a fantastic uh, first, like the opening was was incredible, uh, and I think the visuals, especially within that opening, I obviously without spoilers, there's a forest scene, and probably that for me was like the highlight, it, the height of how beautiful this movie could get, uh, and the action was just incredible. It gave me classic sort of '90s kung fu action movie vibes at times, but it also kind of pulled from like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon at times as well. Uh, and I really, really dug that. I thought that was, that was super cool. Yeah, in terms of like the choreography, you know, this is the best we've seen in the MCU 
of any of the films uh and, it, and it's celebrating so many different styles as nate was saying I, I totally caught the crouching tiger hidden dragons the jackie chan street style fights even traditional kung fu style fighting it all felt fresh for the mcu in, in a whole new way but important to that as well was how it was framed and how the camera moved through these scenes uh it, it was almost a choreography of its own. It felt fluid and connected to the action. Uh, more so than I think we've ever seen in the MCU. Granted, we, we do have an epic casino sequence in, in Black Panther that is like a one-er that is meant to feel like a, a whole one-take situation. Um, sure. so, the, so we have that. But what I think is really cool about the, the way the choreography was handled is that it, as Western audiences, we see martial arts as fighting essentially what it is but it's here it's showcased like with with beauty and and fluidity and here which is inherently a part of martial arts the structure and the balance that is presented through the fighting styles feels intentional like a dance and that is what martial arts well, is it's, it, it's it more is like the energy you're expelling rather than exactly. the force of your strikes right yes. it's it's that it's that being one with yourself and your surroundings and everything like that and i liked how the vibes as far as like the narrative of uh of a martial arts movie, obviously without spoilers, but like that carried out throughout the the entirety of the film, and I actually think that's one of the movie's strong points is how much it does feel inspired by those stories, right? Your your hero following a path that they know more than the audience does until they discover something that completely changes their understanding of the situation they're in was just that's that's very classic sort of martial arts movie, and I think it does such a good job with that. I also think from a standpoint of, of representation, I was actually delightfully surprised from the amount of sub Chinese dialogue that we got. It was more than yeah. I expected to see. Uh, even from a, a studio like Marvel that I know does such a good job with that sort of stuff, it, it was, you know, that whole aspect of what we've gotten in the past from what we expected with things like Mulan and Raya and how it just didn't quite make it. I, I feel like this movie did a really good job with that. And you can see the importance of that representation throughout the movie. Absolutely. Uh, in terms of culture, it, it it's represented with a core cast of Chinese descent. The film captures this through set design, score, martial arts, but deeper than just what we see in here, the themes of family, destiny, good versus evil, which are so rooted in, in Chinese culture and Chinese storytelling and, and fundamental to one's self-development and their growth. There also seems to be a theme of nature and spirit that is very, very evident here, especially within the martial arts sequences. Yeah, like you said, Nate, this is far more connected uh, with, with cultural identity than Mulan was or ever intended yeah. to be like it, it, yeah. had, it knows its identity so well all this to say that the film does a really great job of holistically representing chinese culture very similar to the way black panther uh represented african culture and in my mind both of these films are on that same level of really capturing its cultural identity 100 percent. and i think i think another thing that the movie did really well is that it almost to a fault at points presented a lot of things that needed some explanation, some exposition. And I think for the most part, the movie did that really, really well. Like I found it, I was fascinated. I was interested to learn more about the things we, we were learning about and, and sort of the characters and everything like that. But it's just another example of everything that you guys have mentioned so far, where at times it's really, really good. And at times it's like, Oh, but we're also going to create this entirely unnecessary plot point and then have to explain that too. Or at, at some points, we're going to have these incredible intimate one-on-one -on -one action sequences with great fight choreography. 
meaning purpose behind the strikes, but we're also going to throw in a couple big, big budget action spectacle scenes that don't have any real character dynamic to them, you know, and, and just really quickly, I think that first scene of the movie that you talked about, Nate, sort of yeah. has all the elements that you talked about that we've talked about here wrapped up in one. You get yeah. the, the action, you get the excitement, you get the narration and the exposition and the explanation yep. of these characters. And, and yet I, I didn't care about the character we're introduced to at the start of the movie. I didn't care. I didn't, he didn't feel like a big threatening bad guy to me. The mm. trees in that scene that you mentioned were more intimidating than <laughs> that he was, you know? Sure. And so yeah. it's just everything that worked well also didn't at times. I mean, if, if we're going to talk about things that usually don't work well, it's definitely the aspect of a character's origin and how oftentimes a lot of movies, especially superhero movies, they'll dump that into one section of the movie, right? It'll either be yes. at the beginning, it'll be at the end, it'll be a big yeah. scene, and that's your origin. <laughs> I loved, and Justin, we talked about this, the glimpses with the flashbacks, where they weaved them in. I think the movie speaks so highly of honoring and paying respect to what came before, so it was cool to see from a narrative standpoint how how they implemented that and you can really see these really important moments for for Shang-Chi and his family and I, I just thought that was so well done. Absolutely and I think that the exposition is handled so well and rather than force feeding it to you they, they sprinkle it throughout and and with that it sort of serves as a bit of a discovery for the audience as they as they go through this this story which is again is much different to something like Doctor Strange which just it felt rushed at times and very heavy-handed and like it needed to deliver a lot to set up for who that character was here the writing team did a really great job of sort of spreading out the explanation throughout the story uh, making it far more enjoyable for the audience yeah and I, I I definitely do think though to your point Kevin and we'll get into it when we get into didn't like I'm sure there are parts that do slow down because of some of the explanations that need to happen and and I don't have a problem with slowing down it's it's the length of time that they did that, which we'll get to. Can we talk about the actors? Let's talk yeah. about it. Like that's what I've been the... chomping at the bit to get into. Well, well, I just kind of want to talk about a bit of chemistry. Like the the cast, like seeing them in the global press conference that we attended, you see, you just see how well this cast gets along. So it looks like they had a blast in this movie, and they were so close and connected, yeah. which I think just really helps to play to one of the main themes of the movie, which is family, and and to see this cast yes. act like a family. Um, Aquafina, I. I actually enjoyed Aquafina in this movie. I think maybe in the past I've been less thrilled by her. Um, without giving anything away, though, I will say she she wasn't the funniest person in the movie. Um, but yeah, her chemistry with Simu and the way that they sort of treated her, his and her relationship together was fantastic and refreshing. And I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, I, I do like that they avoided some some you know typical tropes that you could find in this kind of movie but uh, i think th for me it was simu and how grounded he made this character right he never needed to steal the spotlight with a quirky line he never needed to be the the center of attention right he he let his action do all the talking and uh you know that was one of the coolest things learning about through the the, the press conference there was how you know his in his addition process he ended it with a backflip into the the black widow action pose and you know Unreal. like how impressive would that be for that you know in in that casting call it's like almost like this is our guy right here you know and so to hear even Ronnie Chang was going over and over about just how athletic Simu is and how he was doing all of this stuff even before he got into the training process that would go into a movie like this and so and it resonates on the screen like he 
he's he's that superhero with no actual powers, but he feels powerful because of his skill set. I don't like that makes sense. Like he no, he, totally. he really made a a very cool and unique yeah. character in this MCU universe that is getting quite bloated. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Yeah. Simu was fantastic as, as Shang-Chi. He, he was funny. He was relatable. He brought the action, like you said, Kev. Uh, he balanced his character with humor and heart. I feel like, though, towards the end, it seemed like he was really leaning super hard into the acting, really pushing himself into some new territories. But he was still able to reel it in at times. And I think he's going to be a welcome addition to the MCU fam. Uh, I see the character similar to what we might get from like a Kamala Khan uh, in the MCU, uh, an Avenger fan uh, who's going to be blown away by seeing other heroes and, and like that's just going to kind of play into it. And that's who he is in real life, I feel like, is is he's he's kind of starstruck by the fact that he's in he's going to be in these movies with with these kind of these kind of characters and actors. Aquafina was 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 perfect. Like she basically represented the audience in many cases of this sort of discovery aspect of how things were learned uh, yeah. through like how we got that exposition. And it sort of felt like at times she became the holy shit person. I think you said that, Nate, like she was she <laughs> yeah. kind of like she was just like always like, holy shit. So they had to switch it up. But yeah, yo, all power to her because like hearing in that press conference that like. Like she put herself like in that role. Like she did, you know, driving training. Like she she got more action oriented. Everybody does, right? And you have to. That's part of the and that's part of the perks of this. Now she knows how to drift a car. That's sick, right? But speaking of acting outside of your territory, like Simu Liu coming off of Kim's convenience, uh, at least that's where I I know him from. Um honestly, I was I've seen him do emotional stuff in, in that show and and emotionally there's moments in this movie, Justin, where where I was fully bought in. I don't know about you. I was fully bought into his, his some of the darker moments. And I think that's really cool how they, they take this character that is very likable, very charismatic, and they put him in a place that, at least for our heroes, maybe for some of our villains, especially recently with Loki, but for our heroes, we haven't really seen them in that darker place, um, maybe aside from a little bit with Clint. But but I, I'm just I just thought it was so cool how they really nailed home the the juxtaposition of his character from being that likable to all of a sudden uh there's a specific turn but, in the movie where you're just like wow like that that's that's heavy for him and you feel it for sure but that's that's part of his hero's journey right is this right. sort of this connectivity that he has to 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 his family that is is extended through kind of facing his own demon he he rooted it well like as you described uh, i got to say though mangarjang was by far the highlight for me. She was yeah. strong, confident, extremely genuine with her emotional range. She brought such grit to her fighting style. And she's a theater actor. Like, she's a theater actor. And this is, like, one of her big roles. Like, first yeah. big Hollywood role. Which yeah. totally makes sense just for the emotional range that she kind of gave in the film, right? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm excited to see more of her. Like, I will say we didn't see enough of her. But when she was on screen, I thought she was, I thought she was great. She really stood out. And, and last character, Ronnie Chang. He did an amazing job uh, hosting this press conference and also just being in the movie. He was uh, sort of another additional comedic element uh, to the story. So uh, it was great, great seeing him in in an MCU film. See, and and Ronnie's interesting for me because he's somebody I wanted a bit more from. Like, Mm. you know, his personality is so big and and loud and obnoxious in real life. That is that is him. And that's what works. He he didn't hide it in the press conference that it was no, he was was more outgoing and loud in the press conference than he was in the movie. Well, yeah, you know, and I just 
And I just think that goes that goes to um, all the characters for me in, in a way, right? Um, uh, Menhir, um, you know, while her character was strong and, and all those things you described, Justin, she didn't have much, like, it was kind of flat. It was just kind of, she was just kind of there for a lot of it, like, you know, almost as a plot device rather than as a character. I, I just, and even with Simu, like, you, you got into how towards the end he was almost forced to act a little bit too serious for a comic book movie. And that's just, again, because they tried to jam in too many plot points and themes that they had to justify all of the, all of it somehow. And so that's sort of a, a, an interesting sort of leadway into what didn't work in the film. Because I've got quite a few, but I want to hear for you guys what didn't work. Yeah, I'll kind of just jump in here. Uh, th- this movie, unfortunately, does take a hard left turn in terms of its it's focused just about halfway through the movie. And again, I'm not going to, obviously this is spoiler free, but it starts to move away from the relationships between the family and starts to open up to a larger cast of characters where I kind of really wish it stayed focused in Shang-Chi yes. and, and his father and, and his sister. And it, it didn't, it didn't need some of these additional pieces that it was adding in. And they start introducing these mystical elements that really cloud the, the major theme of the movie. And I get it. It, it, you know, it helps to ground the story in these elements of traditional ancient Chinese lore, but it does so at the expense of what could have been that added amount of character growth, especially for Tony Leung's character and his relationship with his son. Wouldn't that have that element made for a better sequel? Right where he's a bit more comfortable in the role, and then he could have tackled that big, more mystical problem, right? And so you're sure, still bringing yeah. those elements in, but it almost felt like they 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 fit two conf- movies worth of conflicts into the tail end of that movie. And Correct. like you said, it took yeah. away from what the important themes of the movie were supposed to be. I think. Yeah, my biggest gripe is the third act. Right, it feels yeah. incredibly out of place for the story. It was very spectacles for the sake of spectacle. It didn't need to be that big and grand because it just sort of felt out of place. And it kind of stumbles to its conclusion, which left me can kind of confused. Granted, I've only seen the movie once, so obviously we've only seen the movie once. But I don't know. I, it just it felt like it lost its focus. You know, the beauty of Black Panther was actually the simplicity of the story, which has similar themes, you know, T'Challa having to overcome his own doubts and expectations of what it meant to be king and, you know, fighting his own demons, which I think would have worked in a very same sort of similar fashion here with telling Shang-Chi's story, you know, and, and adapted for his situation. But instead, the ending just felt like so far from where we had started with a very grounded, heartfelt story of a hero, right? Like it, it just felt really off balance. It was confusing. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I, I was... I was ha- a little happy seeing some of the the what we'll call it visual risks, if you will, that they took. Um, and I just from a standpoint of like getting that on screen, I thought was it was cool, but it was a little bit too much. You know, to see these moments on screen, I just feel like yeah, it just took away from from that, as you said, that simple focus. Yeah, no, that's that's entirely what it is. It's you know, just because they can do it doesn't mean they need they to. Should. And yeah, you called it the, the 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 risky visuals or whatever. I think the bigger yeah. risk would have been trying to do this movie without needing that huge spectacle that we are sort of mm. used to. And I think this story needed to be a bit more grounded on Earth with human characters solving their their real sure. life problems before we can see this character move on to the bigger grander things that we're accustomed they could have hinted. to i was fine with them hinting at it right but to your point that felt more like a sequel situation that we found ourselves at the end of that movie 
right? And it could have stayed more hinting at mystical and, and staying within that sort of realm, but s- keeping it grounded and keeping it about family. Absolutely. And, and I mean, they have the, they have the ten rings. Those are of yeah. a you know a mystical element. Yeah. That's 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 where your myst- mysticism comes in. And so what we were talking about there with over bloating, especially that third act. What I think it really how it hurt the film was I, this is like one of the weakest MCU villains I've ever seen. Honestly, I just, I didn't find him scary or intimidating or a threat. You know, they had to, instead of making him a threat, they had to almost make him expose a, a bigger threat, right? Instead of it being him and he being right. the challenge for Shang to have to overcome in the end. Right. And it just, and I just, Felt that, you know, I think it's funny that people hated Killian from Iron Man 3 with it being the whole Mandarin cop out. And so now this is their chance to sort of, you know, here, we're going to do it right for you guys. And I don't think they did, in my opinion. I just don't think he resonated. And I also think we we do talk about the importance of music. And granted, I will say that, you know, as we're super grateful, obviously, we're not going to be too picky about how we see this movie. We're stoked to see it in a theater, uh, which was awesome. Uh, The the audio was very quiet and I think that was less the movie's problem and more the theater's problem Um, I will say though even from what I did hear um, where was the music where were these epic themes that are are recognizable right that I could reach back into and during the credits I remember leaning over to you and Kevin you were like yeah where was this song that was playing during the credits in the actual movie yeah uh, and it's just one of those things where, like, I mean, maybe if I watch it again, I can catch like the sh- the Shang Chi theme. But I just, I didn't it was the just, first time around, and it, just, it was it just felt flat and boring the whole way through. There wasn't enough of a dynamic shift between the action score. and the slow yeah. scenes. Yeah, there was no definitive like hero theme for Shang Chi. Yeah. Right? I guess like, it's just what no... I'm used to with the MCU. Right? Right. So, exactly. I'm I'm yeah. totally I'm totally with you. It didn't have that identifiable hero theme that we would know and recognize if there was. Right. Sure. But, well, it's just that, you know when when Dun, 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 dun is like ingrained in pop culture and stuff. You know, you come to expect these big, hero you know, themes, yeah. hero themes, these recurring themes throughout a movie. And yeah, it just, I just don't think it helped make the action scenes bounce as much when compared to the slower scenes that, as you mentioned already, Nate, were a bit too much in abundance at times. But that said, I do think that we all enjoyed the film. Uh, So, yeah, I don't want to sound like we didn't enjoy it. No. So why don't we see if it, in fact, lived? (laughs) Justin? Yeah. So, as I mentioned, I lowered my expectations given past introductions to new heroes. But I'm happy to say this did move and raise my hype level, but not by much. So I was at 7.5 before. But after I'm now at an 8.5 on the hype scale. So a full like one point. Um, Even with the issues that I kind of had with this movie, uh, it still delivered. And of course it would. It's it's a Marvel film. Uh, Not enough can be said about how this movie puts Chinese culture at the forefront of this film. It has a fantastic cast that is entirely relatable to all audience members. It showcases the beauty of Chinese culture through its visual elements, its thematic elements, and its narrative all while using martial arts as a metaphor for spiritual connectivity. One of the biggest reasons for the one-point move in the hype scale has to do with how this film handles expositional elements of the story. It really did a great job of giving you what you needed to know, while also allowing you as an audience member to discover elements with the characters throughout the story. With that, though, another reason for the small move 
has to do with the oddly paced narrative. The third act of this film feels very out of place. The story had such a simplicity and was focused on the hero's journey, grounded in family and destiny and doing what's right. However, halfway through this movie, the story takes a hard turn and becomes less about a narrative and more about spectacle, which takes away from the themes established at the beginning of this movie. While, while this seems harsh, at the end of the day, this is a Marvel movie. It's fun, it looks great, but its narrative is not nearly as strong as other films. But again, this did exceed my hype, and that has everything to do with how much fun it is, and the amazing cast, and the cultural representation. And I will say, the future of this character in the MCU is one that is going to be bright. Um, so yeah, 8.5 out of 10. But well, what about you, Nate? I mean, again, I, I don't know how many times we can say it's a slightly overstuffed, exposition-heavy origin story. Feels fresh and very different from the traditional MCU and very much needed, uh, as, we, as you said in the tweet, Justin, in the MCU and in our world. Um, but again, it, it's, the mystical elements in the movie push too hard. They steal the focus from the main themes in the movie, themes of community, themes of, uh, you know, important, like importance of one's lineage. Uh, the relationship between a father and his kids are pushed aside at a certain point in the movie. And it, it just, it, it, it doesn't it just feel makes way for that. Yeah. And it makes way for that spectacle that again, I, I thought, I actually thought was kind of entertaining, but yes, it muddles the way for the, the movie's overall message. My hype level, I think coming out of this. Uh, like yourself, Justin, I was whelmed. Um, I think I would just stick right at that eight mark for me for myself. Um, I didn't have a bad time by any means. This is still a freaking MCU movie, okay? And it's going to be an awesome time in the theater. You're still going to have fun with it. Uh, it's still the quality you would expect from a production standpoint, just not a narrative standpoint after some of the stories we've seen uh, done better from an origin story, especially regarding something like Black Panther. Uh, I guess I was just... I was just expecting to go deeper into Shang-Chi's connection to his dad. Uh, and the second half of the movie just took the wind out of those sails. So, yeah, I was, I was, I was whelmed. Uh, I wasn't coming out jumping and kicking and, 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 and you know, stoked. But I, I, I am still very much excited to see where they go from this point. And I think that's what helped keep myself at an eight, even though that nice. last portion of the movie kind of was rough. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I think my problem was I might have set the bar a bit too high for this one. Just, mm. you know, being so excited to be back in a theater for an MCU movie and, and you know, looking for this sort of unique spin on the, the traditional MCU origin story. And, you know, like I said, I wanted a fun and unique origin story. And instead, by the end, because of some of the decisions they made, it just kind of felt like a lot of what we'd already seen just in a different wrapper. And so I just I felt like by the end, it was a bit of a missed opportunity. You know, some of the action was intense and gripping some of the best choreography we've seen in a Marvel movie to this point. But other scenes just felt like retreads of big action uh, climax scenes that we've seen before, you know, and, and a lot of them were unnecessary and took away from the smaller, more subtle themes that I think the movie did a great job of laying the groundwork for and then sort of fizzled out at the end in terms of resolution there. Um, I really liked a, a lot of the performances and it kind of surprised me who I end up, ended up liking and who I didn't. Um, but I mean, some of the performances felt bland or even annoying. <clears throat> Aquafina playing Aquafina. Um, oh, no. <laughs> but I think that that has more to do, to do with the material they were given than the performer's abilities. Like, I, I, I just 
didn't find it to be that traditional, funny, quippy sort of MCU movie. And I understand that I think a lot of the culture that they're trying to work with in this movie is known to be a bit more understated and a bit more serious, if you will. Just, you know, not not as... they, They were dealing with some heavy themes, and so you can't just laugh that sort of thing off. But I think, you know, there's one character in the movie who steals the show right about in the middle of the movie... And he's given stuff to work with and is able to chew on it and brings in just this great performance that really carries that middle section of the movie for me and almost saves that part of the film for me. So I just, again, I I don't want to blame the actors. I just think the writing fell a bit flat in terms of giving these characters a bit more personality that we're used to seeing in the MCU. Um, And But like you guys said, there were definitely elements that got me excited to see what happens next with these characters. Um, You know, I can't wait to see them actually get integrated into the MCU, especially because they present them as characters who are fully aware of those things going on around them. And now we might see them involved in that. So that's like a really fun and exciting proposition. I just don't know if this was quite what I wanted to see from the first real film of Phase 4. So overall, if my hype going in was just over an 8, an 8.2, I think this one fell down to about a 7.2 for me. It just didn't live up to what I was really hoping for, uh, you know, at the end of the day. Right. Mm. Right. All right. But I believe that does it. Thanks for tuning in wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe and leave us a glowing review. We always appreciate the love. If we could, we'd ask for 10 rings, uh, stars, but as five is the max, we'll aim for that. In addition, we want to know, are you looking forward to seeing this latest Marvel Studios film? Are you planning on seeing it in the theater? Are you hoping to see some familiar faces in the movie or during the end credit scenes? Justin, where can they do that? Uh, they can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Now, if email is too formal, feel free to reach us on Twitter at geekcentricyt or on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. Keep in mind, we also have a ton of other episodes covering a variety of other content. Last week, we wrapped up our watch club for Disney Plus's Star Wars animated series, The Bad Batch. We also started a new watch club for Marvel Studios' What If, with our spoiler-filled discussions out now for both episodes one and two. Also, we had a chance to chat with a Hollywood producer and friend of the podcast, Andy Horowitz. He shares some insight about what he does and past projects that were tough to get to the finish line, but were all worth it in the end. So go give that a listen. And, you know, if that's already old for you, you've already tuned in and listened, you know we're going to have new content coming out all the time. So please stay tuned. But until then, Justin, Nate, thanks for joining me for today's spoiler-free review of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. You know, guys, we make a great team. And as we always say, love ya. Get home safe, guys. Peace. Peace.